On today's bonus episode, Alan and I are going to go over some frequently asked questions regarding our Coonhound World Championship. Stay tuned. You're listening to the UKC Hunting Ops Podcast, celebrating hunting dog heritage, competition, and community. United Kennel Club has been the hunting dog sports home for coonhounds, beagles, retrievers, pointers, cur feist, and more for over 125 years. This podcast is fueled by Yukonuba, the official performance dog nutrition partner of UKC. Hello, everybody. Uh, welcome back. Today, I'm joined with uh, Alan Gingrich, and we're going to talk a little bit about uh, the Coonhound World Championship. Uh, fall's kind of coming on us pretty quick here. Temps are, are going down some, and it's, it's kind of our major event season here. Yeah, when you see the corn in Indiana start turning, that means it's World Championship time. That's absolutely right. Uh, you know, oftentimes we get a lot of calls, uh, emails, uh, social media questions regarding the World Championship and some of the importances of it and and we've actually been running this uh, frequently asked questions that we're going to go over today we've we've ran it quite a few years uh in the advisor column in the magazine but uh we have this new format and we may get some extra ears this way and and help answer some questions for some people sounds like a good good plan to me yeah so i guess you're kind of gonna, gonna ask me a few questions and we're gonna discuss a little bit and hopefully uh yeah entertain some people and uh, inform some people. Sure. Sounds good to me. So let's just get right with it. Let's start with uh, deadlines. Talk a little bit about deadlines for the zones. Yeah. So we don't have an exact date of when this is going to be released yet. Obviously, uh, to enter into the world championship, you will have had to, uh, in the hunt, you're going to have to uh, get a plus point cast win in a regional qualifying event through the year or in the show, be a category winner at one of the, at a regional qualifying event in the year and be entered, uh, pre-entered into the event. It's pre-entry only by September 3rd. Uh, that's the Saturday of Autumn Oaks uh, Labor Day weekend. So we're going to need to be entered then. Uh, going a little further into deadlines, for most of you people that are listening to this are going to be already entered up and know that uh, specific already. Uh, but talking about entering and confirming your entry at the zones that are going to come up, um, that'll be Friday and Saturday at the zones, the 16th and 17th of September. Got to confirm your entry each day before 5 p.m. Notice I said before 5 p.m. Yep. Deadline is at 5. That's right. Uh, sometimes get some questions about that. The, the actually the interpretation of our deadlines that we've talked about quite a bit in advisor columns and and in different places is that the, whenever that clock turns five, uh, that's whenever it's getting. So give yourself plenty of time to get there and, and get entered up and confirm your entry. Yeah, and generally they're going to start around three o'clock in the afternoon is when the reps start uh, taking confirming entries. So, but they will close everything off at five o'clock, and that five o'clock is whatever time zone the event is in. That's right. Uh, confirming your entry. What do they do need to do to confirm their entry? What do they need to have with them? How do they do that? Yeah. So kind of segue and straight into that. Uh, how do you confirm your entry when you get there? Uh, we're not going to send you out any entry confirmations or, or anything like that. We're going to send all the information to the reps that are, will be working the zones. And whenever you go up to confirm your entry, just some sort of dog identification will be needed. Uh, easy entry card, papers, a picture of your easy entry card, make it really simple for you guys. They're going to have everything in alphabetical order. They'll go straight to the owner's last name and pull your uh, entry label out, and that's how you confirm your entry. It's a really simple process. And you make a good point. What they're going to look for, what they're going to be looking for is the first owner's last name. That's the that's the order, and then by your dog, of course. And while we're here, we might as well talk about uh, some of the, the misconception of trying to get – 
uh, there's going to be people running late, whether they get stuck in traffic, different things happen on Friday. People try to work that morning. Give yourself plenty of time to get there. Uh, and if you're not going to, if, if something were to come up, you get stuck in traffic, you get a flat tire, something pops up, make sure you're in touch. You, you know, somebody that's going to be at the event. Obviously social media is really prevalent right now. There's a big network of people out there. You can get in touch with them and let them confirm your entry for you and buy you a little extra time to get to the event. Yeah. And the other thing is they should not contact the field rep. If they, if I'm running just a little bit late, I'm concerned not getting there on time. What should they do then? I shouldn't call the field rep, should I? Right. The field rep's going to be covered up. They have enough stuff going on. They're going to be confirming entries, working on getting quality judges and guides, working with the host club. If you're not going to be able to make it, get in touch with somebody besides the master hounds, the field rep that's assigned to like that Like a zone. friend of yours that you know that's at the event. That's much easier anyways. Yeah. And if you have your easy entry card, take a picture of it and shoot that uh, picture of that to your buddy or whatever. Have him confirm your entry. And then you that gives you a little bit of time there for you to be there by the time they call out cast. Now we're talking about Friday. If they're still in the hunt on Saturday, they have to confirm their entry again on Saturday, right? That's right. By it's five o'clock, no later than process. five. So, and you, you made a good point there. That by the time they call cast, you're going to need to be there. So you're going to buy yourself a little bit of time, but you're not going to be buying yourself a ton of time, even if that's the case. If yeah. somebody's confirming your entry for you, and you make a good you make a good point. Give yourself plenty of time. Oftentimes, you you never know what you're going to run into on the road. Get uh, get into a traffic jam. Get into delays and things like that. Give yourself plenty of time. Uh, let's talk about dogs in season, females in season, dog hurt or deceased that you have entered. What are they going to do? Yeah. So, so the way that the, the world championship works is that if you have pre-entered a dog that comes in season, injured, deceased, what have you, you can make a swap for another dog in your name or in the, in a same owner's name, uh, to take that dog's place in the, in the world championship. Um, if, if you don't have that capability, which, uh, uh, a lot of people don't, obviously. I just have one dog qualified or or all dogs enter at the same time. Then that's whenever you'd reach out to us and, and uh, work on getting a refund started. Let us know in advance of the event, and that's whenever we can work towards getting you a refund. Uh, for a female in season, you know, a, a vet's, you know, and, and injuries to dogs, we're going to need vet notes and stuff like that uh, to to be able to check all that away. But that's yes. the process for that. Let me, let me ask you this scenario. So let's say I have a dog entered. Uh, my text dog is hurt. I cannot hunt him in this. I have him entered. He's the only one I have entered. Uh, I also own Joe that is owned by, uh, you're the first owner on it. I'm the second owner on Joe and Todd Kellum is the third owner on it. Uh, Joe is also qualified. Can I substitute Joe for my entry? As long as there's a similar owner on the dog's record, then you will yep. be able to make the substitution. And my name, so long as my name is one of those three, then he's, as long as he's also qualified, he's That is go. correct. There yep. you go. Veterans cast at the zones or the finals world championship. Yeah. So the, the zones and the world finals, these are some of the few events in the year where we won't be doing any veterans, senior cast, whatever you call them at, in that, in those events, all dogs are going to draw out together, uh, regardless of the, the handler's age, regardless of the dog's age, regardless of titles, all dogs are going in the same pool for the draw. Random draw, no matter what, doesn't matter. Spectators. This is a, another unique event in that spectators are not allowed in any in any leg of our world championship starting at the zones and going into the finals. We, there's no spectators allowed here. Uh, what is allowed is our next bullet point here, and that is the backup handler. Um, each each dog that's entered is going to have a handler, and they're allowed to have one backup handler. Um, it's a little bit different. I know uh, sometimes we get calls from disgruntled people 
who want to take their kids or their dad or their granddad out on it and multiple people. And I, I just want to make it completely clear. You know, there's thousands of events a year, a Coonhound events a year where you can take your family and make it a family affair. The world championships, it's a pretty big deal. It's important. And I don't want to be uh, harsh to anyone or, or come off as, you know, uh, being rude about it, but the judge of the cast, we're trying to keep it reasonable for him. He's also trying to advance to the world finals. Um, show some consideration for him. He's out there. The less people in the woods, usually the less problems you're going to have. And, and just be reasonable about it. And plenty of events a year where every, where it's a whole family feel. Everybody gets to attend. But the World Championship, that's a very important event. Yeah, and I'll just add to what you're saying. No spectators, but technically that backup handler could technically be a spectator, I guess. But one backup handler per per handler. And uh, and they can they they can stay at the truck or go to the woods, whichever they prefer, right? That's correct. Yep. It, now it that is. plays all the way through the zones and even the first round at the finals. And when it comes down to Friday night at the finals, we'll we'll talk about it then. That's right. It may it may change there, but from the zones all the way through the first round at the finals, uh, backup handlers they can have one and they can stay at the truck or. Uh, or go to, or go to the, the woods. woods. Yeah. Right. And and also on the same note there, um, talking about backup handlers shining trees, they're in the same uh same boat as a spectator would be. You need to make that decision before the hunt. Uh and go go by rule ten B in that instance as well, where you're gonna decide if backup handlers are allowed to shine the tree or not. Yep, exactly. Good point there. So all right, moving on, uh, judges. Are we what are we using for judges at the uh at the zones and who qualifies to be a judge? Yeah, so at the zones, we will still be using hunting judges at our zones. Um, obviously, we're going to ask that the Master Hounds and the Host Club work together on on getting quality, uh, qualified hunting judges. Uh, they must be approved by the event official. So uh, there's oftentimes a pretty good pull of people. And those event, officials, those event officials slash Master Hounds are going to be our UKC field reps. That's correct. And uh, in this event, it does require... Uh, a person be 18 years of age or older to to be a hunting judge in in any leg of the of the world championship. Uh let's see here. Uh and and then moving on to the finals, uh that is whenever we're going to go into using non-hunting judges only. Um from the first round all the way to the finals will be assigning non-hunting judges to each cast. So yeah. hunting judges will be used at the zones moving on to non-hunting judges at the finals. And while we're on that same point, it's not actually pointed out here, but we talk about we should talk about guides a little bit. Sure. Um at the zones, it's going to be mostly hunting guides. There will be a few non-hunting guides that the club has to use in the case that they don't have enough hunting guides signed up. Um, but when you get to the finals, and it's something we get a lot of questions on, there's no hunting guides at the finals. I know some people are going to have uh, possible honey holes or whatever around Dyersburg. It's not going to happen. You're going to be a random draw with a non-hunting guide once you get to the finals for all four rounds in the finals. Good point. This podcast is brought to you by the all-new Dogtra Pathfinder 2. Dogtra, the official GPS collar partner of UKC. All right, uh, hunt time periods. How long are they going to hunt at the zones and the finals? Uh, Two-hour casts all the way through from the zones on, from your RQE to your zones on Friday and Saturday night, all the way through all four rounds of the finals. Two-hour cast all the way through. Everything is two hours, irregardless. Even if I'm the only dog left remaining in the cast, I still have to finish my two-hour hunt, correct? That's exactly right. Yep. All right. Uh, let's talk about posting scores for the zones on Friday night. You're going to be up here in the office, and um, 
and po keeping every you're going to do the breakdowns of all the casts at the zones on Friday and Saturday, but you're not going to post any scores on Friday, right? Well, actually, that that is something that we do for the tournament champions. We keep it uh, uh, the scores. Uh, 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 what am I trying to say here? We don't post any scores until right. after the completion of the event. Right. The World Finals is a little bit different. But I'm um, talking about the zones here first. Right. Yeah. So so I'm starting on Friday night at the zones, or like you said, the field reps are going to send me their cast breakdowns. I'll get those up on our forums and uh, eventually on the website and also going to post the uh, the event results on Friday night and the scores for people to see on Friday night. And then on Saturday night, uh, move, same thing, going to post the the uh, the cast breakdowns, but actually not, I'll be indicating who the cast winners are, but not going to post any scores from the Saturday night cast until the all the scorecards are in at the conclusion of the event. And at that point is whenever we'll try to start uh, accumulating and compiling results to figure out which dogs are advancing to the finals. That's right. I kind of get that confused a little bit sometimes with the TOC. I was trying yeah. to get you to, I, I was thinking <laughs> we didn't post them, but no, you, you've corrected that. So you do that. So, okay. Um, anything else on that? I, I think, I think that's pretty much it. Like I said, it'll be on our forums. I know a lot of people are familiar with that. We've used that platform for a long time. Uh, it's a clean way to post our cash breakdowns and results and, uh, try to get those things done as soon as as soon as I get the results in from the from the field reps, I get them posted as soon as I can. So uh, all the all the results are going to be right there for people to keep up with what's going on at the zone. So be yeah. sure you check it out. All right. So what about appeals? If somebody is uh, brings a question back to the official at the event and they don't agree with the call, how does that work? How do appeals work? So the appeal process for for the zones and for the world finals, as a matter of fact, the the whole the whole. Uh, event here after you get past the RQE into the zones and the finals is there's no appeal process in, in effect for this event. Uh, when you bring a question back, the master hounds is going to make their ruling and their ruling's final. Uh, if their master hounds is on the fence or has a question about it, then they can, uh, they, we, we don't get very many calls, but every now and then I will get a call or you'll field a call where we'll help them, uh, come to the correct conclusion for a call. Cause we want to get the call, right? And we're talking about a call from the official, not from hunters. That's right. You and I are not going to answer any rules, questions, anything, from the hunters and they're kind of every year we get a couple of those and i know a lot of guys may not know or whatever but they're kind of wasting their time because we our hands are bound by that we you and i are not going to step on the officials uh, uh toes or anything like that or we get we have the same rule bound by the same rules so that needs to the correct procedures need to be followed that's right and we're not going to be answering any so there it may as well not try to get a hold of us email or anything like that take uh follow protocol if you have a question, they should take it to the, to the officials. And then if they are on the fence, like you said, they will contact us and discuss it with us before they render a decision if they're if they're uncertain. The other thing I always try to tell hunters, too, is don't uh, push the field reps in to try to contact us on everything. Most of them, they're very well versed on rules, you know, and sure, they will. If they have any question, the idea is to get it. We want to make sure we get it right. Uh, but just uh, you can't, you shouldn't force them to contact us on something that they absolutely have no question on. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad you said that. We we should give our field reps a little bit of credit here. They work a lot of events every year, a lot of high high leverage, you know, events, and they answer a lot of questions and they're sharp on the rules. They do their homework. They've been competing in these events and officiating these events for a long time, and oftentimes don't have much to do uh, on world finals or on, on on during the zones when they event officials are out uh, may get a call or two just on mm -hmm. maybe some ticky tack stuff uh, but that's that's yeah. kind of the extent of it those guys are sharp 
All right, placements at the uh, zones. How's all that going to work the, at the zones and the finals? Yeah, so I guess first off, we should talk about once we get our uh, complete list of entries in uh, after the entry deadline uh, is whenever we're going to figure out how many dogs from each zone are going to be advancing to the finals. Um, at that point, we'll make the hunters aware and we'll make the field reps aware, and they'll be keeping tabs on that. Um, obviously, uh, double cast, let's just say there's – 500 entries into the into the zones and you're working the Michigan zone and you're sending through 23 dogs and you're going to have your 23 slots. You're first going to be filling those slots up with your double cast winners. Um, oftentimes there's not enough double cast winners to fill it up. And that's when you're going to go with your single night high scores. Um, that's and I don't think the, that's ever happened. We've always taken, it's always came down to single scores, that's right. single night scores. That's exactly right. And then uh, the world championship is a little bit different. I know uh, we may be reaching a crowd here that hunts that's has came in hunting mostly TOC recently, which is a little bit different than the world uh, zones in that when you're hunting in the zones, there's a lot of things that can happen during a cast that eliminate you from the world finals. It's more of a challenge as it should be. It's our world championship trying to crown our world champion. So dogs that are with you do not withdraw dogs that are withdrawn either not or not uh, eligible for advancement. If you're scratched, whether it be, uh, off game, dog fight, you know, handler, whatever it may be. If you're scratched for any reason, you're not eligible to advance. Whether scratched it's Friday or, or Saturday, drawn, night. same thing. Yeah. You're 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 done. Your your uh, championship has come to an end at that point. You can score a thousand on Friday night, but if you withdraw on Saturday, you're not eligible for advancement. It's a good point. We that's not the way the TOC regions work, but it is the way the World Finals work, and it's it's something very important for them to know. Got to complete. Uh, hunt time both nights all, all two hours both nights and be eligible for advancement right so each one of the field reps before uh before they call cast on fridays they will announce how many dogs they are advancing from their zone correct that's correct yep they'll know well ahead of time and that's part of their uh, uh master hounds checklist is to make that number apparent for everybody sure all right, uh, what are we going to award dogs at when they're cast at the zones and uh, and the finals? Yeah, talking about uh, championship points or uh, getting cast wins towards the champion uh, championship degrees. Um, at the zones, you're eligible for a championship win each night. You can get a cast Friday win. Friday and Saturday, so you can get two wins at the zones. That's right. Double cast wins. Cast wins, that'll count towards your degrees, count towards uh, qualifying for the TOC. Uh, all those cast wins are, are going to be eligible for those. They won't be eligible for uh, getting performance points program uh, towards our performance program. No part of the world championship is, but as far as accruing points towards titles and qualifying for the TOC, those will count. Uh, when you get to the finals, we have four rounds of uh, competition. All four rounds, you can uh, earn a cast win at those as well. Perfect. And then, and that is a little bit different than what it used to be, but we made a, f a couple changes to the way we do it at the final. So therefore every round you're a cast winner, you're going to get a win. That's right. Uh, let's talk about awards at the zone. So everybody that advances the top, uh, basically if you're in the top 100, they're not going to have awards at the zones there. In instead, they're going to hand those out at the world finals. Tell us how that works. Yeah. So at the conclusion of the hunt on Saturday night at the, at the, uh, at your zone, the field rep more than likely is going to let it be known to people who are around there, kind of what their cutoff score, who's going to be advancing to the finals. Uh, keep in mind that that's kind of uh, not, not a finalized list. You'll need to be checking on our website to make sure there's no questions that pop up between times. Uh, but, and we'll get a final list out usually by Monday afternoon, just to make sure there's no, 
uh, things that need to be cleared up, which oftentimes there's not often. If you find out at a zone that you're moving on, you're, you're oftentimes going through. Uh, but uh, yeah, getting into uh, the people who are advancing to the finals, it's kind of one of my favorite uh, days of the year in the Coonhound world. One of the, the top 104 dogs in the world are there in line to get their picture taken there to confirm your entry. First, you'll, you got to do it before 5 p.m. We're going to be in Dyersburg, Tennessee. Again, same thing again. Starts at 3, between 3 and 5. Yeah. We'll be in Dyersburg, Tennessee, which is in the central time zone, so be sure to make note of that. Um, but you'll come. You'll confirm your entry. Uh, then you'll wait in line to get your picture taken. You'll get your goodies, uh, all the information that you'll need for the event. Have your dog just, in hand when you come up to confirm your entry. It's kind of it's so cool seeing yeah. all the top dogs in the country that year kind of in the line. Yeah. and. Hey, you'll see a few people joking, but there's it's there's tension in the air and yeah. people are nervous and it's a big deal to get to the top 100, you know? A lot yep. of people work hard to get there. Yep, so. All right, well, that should be some good information for uh, folks to uh, to listen to and, and uh, before they go to the zones, on their way to the zones or what have you, so. Yeah, good luck to everybody competing in the World Championship yeah, this year. Please yourselves and each other and we'll see the top 100 in Dyersburg. Thanks for listening to the UKC Hunting Ops Podcast. Be sure to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts and to like and follow UKC Hunting Ops on Facebook and Instagram.